When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa on 710 ESPN. So the Lakers preseason just got started, which means the run for Banner 18 has begun. Yeah, you know the deal. How fantastic was that to have 16,000-plus fans at Staples Center? Uh, it's been a long time since we've had that many fans at Staples Center, about a year and a half. The purple and gold roster is loaded and ready for the marathon run to the next Larry O'Brien trophy. The Lakers are... Loaded. They're the deepest team in the league, the most experienced team in the league. They still have five more preseason games left. You're going to start seeing Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, some of these guys that we have not talked about. So that part's going to be exciting. Are you ready for Mission 18 Reloaded? Lakers talk Lakers is, is on. on. Here's Alan Sliwa. Yeah, you know the deal. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. Fantastic open, as always, from Mario Ruiz. We're going to go till 9 o'clock tonight. Stack show, Laker fans. That's it. Preseason already started. Lakers uh, played the Nets yesterday. They got another game coming up against the Phoenix Suns coming up on Wednesday. By the way, this one kind of an odd one. 3 p.m. tip-off. Pre-game show will go at 1.30. So uh, we are right back into the mix. Cannot tell you guys how excited I am to have Stu Lance, color commentator, since 1987 for the Lakers, does the TV now with Bill McDonald uh, on Spectrum Sportsnet. He's coming up at 7.30, so i got a lot of questions for him. Jovan Buha is a frequent guest of the show, fantastic writer, covers the Lakers for The Athletic. He's coming up uh, at 8.30. Okay, let's start off with this. Can I just talk a little bit about my, my experience yesterday at Staples Center? Can I, can I do that, Laker fans? Um, Lakers and the Nets. That was kind of the the side story of what was happening yesterday. You know, we got it's been a year and a half since we've back, been back inside of Staples Center. A year and a half, not since we've been back in Staples Center. Since Staples Center has had sixteen thousand plus fans, it's been a year and a half. So even though you know I've had the and I'll I'll take it whether there's fans there or they're not. Obviously, still appreciative to be there. Um, everything changed over the last year and a half, and being the environment that we're accustomed to at Staples Center when fans are going crazy. It, it's uh, We had media day last week, and Taylor Horn Tucker I got a chance to connect with, and that was actually one of the things I told him. Like, THT, I don't think you know how much Laker fans like you because you haven't really played in front of a big crowd, a sold-out Staples Center, for how much they would appreciate somebody like THT. AD's obviously already felt that, and LeBron. You kind of go down the list of these Laker players. It was so fantastic to be back at Staples Center and actually have fans again. Almost, you know, for a quick second there, there was some normalcy, right? Everything felt right. Now, still a preseason game, and LeBron wasn't playing, and Russell Westbrook wasn't playing, and Carmelo wasn't there, and Trevor Ariza, and AD only played the first quarter of the game. And for the other side, obviously, KD and James Harden, Kyrie go down the list. Uh, That was not a real representation of what the Lakers are going to be like and what basketball is eventually going to be. 
Um, but it was, I'm going to say this again, it was fantastic. I can't wait for when the Stars start playing. And I think that's going to actually start happening soon. You'd be surprised. I think the Lakers, and I'm going to do this as part of my show on Lakers Talk tonight, um, I'll spend some time talking about you know, where the Lakers kind of go from here. What are they going to do in these preseason games? But you got 11 new guys, so I think you're going to start seeing these players start to kind of ramp up here as we get uh, through the preseason. But just great, unbelievable to be back at Staples Center. Can't wait for opening night when that comes along, when it's 19,000 fans at Staples Center, and the games are meaningful again, and LBJ and AD and Westbrook are all getting 30 minutes plus. So let me get that out of the way. The other thing I want to get out of the way, how ridiculous are both of these teams? You know, I, for for where I sit, um, John and Michael are right in front of me, so they're calling the games. I'm uh, I'm sitting behind them. I, I'm like, I'm row two, right? They, they, they have row one. They're sitting... Uh, at the uh, at the front row, there I, I'm a I'm a row behind them. Um, no, but in all honesty, so I'm getting a chance. I'm almost center enough to where you can look at the Lakers bench on the left. You could look at the Brooklyn's bench on the right, and I don't think I can really emphasize enough how many freaking superstars are representing both of these teams. Uh, and I know we all know it. We know who's on the rosters. But yesterday was kind of clear-cut for me. And just looking down at that Lakers bench, now that the Lakers obviously add Westbrook in the offseason, and then there's and there's more additions. I mean, it's the fact that Carmelo was also added. It's the fact that Paul Millsap, LaMarcus Aldridge is back with the Brooklyn Nets. And, oh, by the way, Patty Mills is on that team. And then all these other vets that joined the Lakers with Dwight Howard and Rondo and so forth. I mean, does this just not seem like these two teams should 100% be clashing uh, and, and hopefully we get the privilege and the honor to see these two squads go at it in the NBA Finals. We'll see what happens. Obviously, anything can happen in the regular season, but hopefully injuries have nothing to do with that or the result of that. But KD versus AD, Russell Westbrook going up against Kyrie Irving, LeBron and James Harden, both of these teams have three superstars. Both of these teams have vets. They have champions. I went through the list. Outside of the, you know, the, the superstars, it's Dwight and Rondo and Carmelo and Ariza and DeAndre and Wayne Ellington and then some of the younger pieces. And then for Brooklyn, it's Patty Mills, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, Paul Millsap, and they got some young players as well. Eventually, Joe Harris will be back. Um, but you, you look at both of these squads. Don't pay attention to anything from yesterday. The two key dates to pay attention to for Laker fans that are out there, December 25th, Lakers are going to take on the Nets on Christmas Day at Staples Center. January 25th, Lakers will travel to Brooklyn. Um, I, I know it's not just about these two teams, but damn, that is going to be a special matchup when these two teams face up, uh, face off against each other. Um, it, it's you know both teams are in the exact same position. I, I think there's a lot of parallels of how they put their rosters together. I think they were all fighting for the same players, whether it be in the buyout market last year or in this season in free agency. Uh, some of these vets. But both of these teams are in a – it's a championship or bust. If the Nets lose, it's a wasted season. Same for the Lakers. If the Lakers don't win a championship, it's, okay, well, they ruined another opportunity to go get one. Uh, clear-cut superstars for both rosters. I can't wait for that portion, and we'll obviously uh, let that kind of play, play its way out. For the actual game portion, I think the only thing I really kind of took from was um, – are the Lakers? I, I I looked at Anthony Davis. You know, obviously playing in that first quarter. So AD plays in the first quarter for the Lakers, which I, I thought was unique. It's in, in its own because none of the other stars 
Um, you know, obviously none of the other stars went for the Lakers. And AD only played 11 minutes. I, I thought, you know, he obviously felt like it was important to get some playing time. He felt like it was important to, as much as he possibly can, start getting some run. I thought it was interesting in the post game. He talked about, you know, one of his comments was, I had a lot of time off last season. Because I had a time off, a lot of time off last season, I'm ready to go. And um, whether it was listening to him in other interviews or getting a chance to talk to him at media day, I cannot tell you how many times I've heard Anthony Davis say how critical this year is how he's got a chip on his shoulder, how all these other guys have a chip on their shoulder. And, you know, I, as I kind of go down the list here, if if I wanted to look at these specific individual, individual players of what they're playing for, um, LeBron, of course, wants to continue to win championships and solidify himself of wherever you want to put him. You know, is oh, he's the greatest to ever play the game. No, he's behind Jordan and Kareem. He's top five. Doesn't matter where you want to put him, but... Winning championships for LeBron, he's got a chip on his shoulder every single season. Russell Westbrook, let's not forget Russ. Russ is, he's never won a ring. And he's watched Kevin Durant go to Golden State and grab two of them and then put together a stacked team over in Brooklyn, obviously going to compete for another championship. Carmelo Anthony, uh, you know, the, the Carmelo piece is funny because Carmelo Anthony has said this a couple different times. And... He's been very, very clear. He doesn't want to sugarcoat it. Now, just a reminder, Carmelo's 37 years old, so Carmelo understands at this point of the season or at this point of his career what his priorities are. I'm going to read off a quote. This is coming from uh, after training camp on Friday. He said, at this point, man, whatever we need to do, let's do it. It ain't I can sit and, oh, I want to start. I want to come off the bench. Whatever it is, it is. Uh, you know, I, I, I guess you know when I hear quotes like that, and Travis has gone out of his way to say that that's big time that a player of that caliber, what I'm saying of that caliber, is he's been in the league for a long, long time. For Carmelo Anthony, um, you know, he's he's been the head of a franchise. He's made all this money over his career. He's had all the fame, all that stuff. But ultimately, at this stage of his career, he cares about one thing, and that's just winning a championship. Russell Westbrook's in a similar perspective. Rajon Rondo wants to add another ring to fill out kind of the rest of his legacy. He already has two of those championships. And then AD, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't say this lightly when I say it. I think Anthony Davis, um, he should have the best year of his career so far this season. Everything is set up for Anthony Davis. And actually, you know, in a weird way, um, I still think AD's got the most to prove out of that all those players that I mentioned, as great as Russ is and Carmelo's illustrious career as well, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. AD's already got an NBA championship, and I still think he has the most to prove. And I say that simply because we know how good this guy is. We know what the expectations are for Anthony Davis. And if this dude's going to grab the keys to the Los Angeles Lakers organization, uh, you know, the hope he's, is he's going to do it at age 28. He's going to do it where he's got. Yesterday, John Ireland mentioned this in the pregame show, and it, you know, I thought it was very interesting. LeBron led the league in assists two years ago, two seasons ago. We can't go by years anymore because a year ago, Lakers were playing the Heat in the NBA Finals. Two seasons ago, LeBron led the league in assists. Last season, it was Russell Westbrook who led the league in assists. And John, I thought it was kind of funny, but I think he makes a lot of sense of this. Talked about how he thinks that those two behind the scenes are getting together and saying, Let's try to get AD the MVP this year. Let's let's 
let's carry this entire three uh, entire team through Anthony Davis. Let's find a way when the dust settles that when this season's all said and done, yes, our number one priority is Anthony Davis or is uh, win a championship, but let's do it through AD. And, you know, when I have listened to these guys and I've got the chance to obviously listen to them a ton over the last week, week and a half or so, um, on paper and through microphones, they all sound like they have one goal in mind and the only thing that matters is winning an NBA championship. Uh, When we come back, there's a couple things I want to do. Number one, Anthony Davis is actually pretty critical about the team yesterday. I want to play that. Plus, I threw out a question. And if you guys want to be a part of the, you know, this conversation, I threw this out to Michael Thompson yesterday, and we had a nice conversation about it. Put it up on Twitter as well. More likely to win an MVP this upcoming season, LeBron or Anthony Davis? More likely to win an MVP this upcoming season, LBJ or Anthony Davis, 877-710-ESPN, if you want to give your thoughts on that. I put that up as a poll on Twitter, and I was actually a little bit surprised on the on the results of this. So we'll do all that coming up next. More Lakers talk coming up next. Stay. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, just a quick reminder, if you're out uh, driving around or you're listening on the ESPN app, Stu Lance, the great Stu Lance, color commentator since 1987 for the Lakers, will join Lakers Talk coming up at uh, 7.30, so less than 15 minutes or so. Um, All right, so I I threw this question out there to Laker fans. If you want to give your thoughts, you can also hit me up on Twitter, at Alan Sliwa. Um, More likely to win an MVP this upcoming season. So... I put this question out on Twitter yesterday, took a poll on it. Michael and I talked a little bit about it during the uh, uh, during the pregame show. I, I thought John Ireland went out of his way to say that he actually thinks LeBron and uh, Russell Westbrook, you know, that might be one of their priorities this year. Yeah, go win a championship, but let's make sure AD has the greatest year that he's ever had in his career, and he's had a pretty damn good career so far uh, in the NBA. So better shot at MVP this season. You know, I'm a little bit surprised. of Laker fans out there said Anthony Davis. So 43% says the King. Um, I I cannot emphasize more how important it is that Anthony Davis um, starts kind of taking over the mantle, right? Anthony Davis starts on a night-in, night-out basis consistently, um, consistently proves that, no, 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 you can run everything through me, uh, you know, of course, health is going to be a big part of that. But I will say that if the Lakers are going to win an NBA championship this upcoming season, I've said it before and I'll continue to say it, he's the most important player on this roster uh, because of his potential, what he can do, what he can eventually bring to the table, how he can dominate a game on both sides of the floor. Uh, Michael thought yesterday that it was a criminal that ESPN ranked him number nine in their top 100 ranking. But you know what? Listen, I'm, I'm okay with it. I, I think, you know, a lot of this also does come down to availability. And if AD is going to be a top three player in the NBA, 
Um, you know, he's got a ways to go and he's got to do it every single night, but that's also why I'm excited about him. Take a listen to Anthony Davis. So this was after the game yesterday. Anthony Davis kind of critical about how the Lakers played yesterday and really kind of trying to look more at it from a big picture perspective. Getting movement on offense, um, quality shots, you know, defensively talking, getting our schemes right, uh, rebounding, very huge. Uh, we're not boxing out. Um, and that was the main takeaway. Just you know, offensive come, we're not really too worried about it. You know, especially when we get Brian Mello, you know, T.A. Russ out there. Um, you know, but it was just the first game to see where we are, and uh, we had to do a better job defensively, especially blocking out. All right, so that's A.D. right there. You know, obviously giving his thoughts. So you know, I, I was I look at the how the Lakers should use some of these preseason games, what they need to figure out, who should be the starting lineup by opening day. What matchups make the most sense? We could really kind of go into all of that, and I think that's why maybe I put a little bit more emphasis on what these preseason games will be for the Lakers over the next five games. I thought yesterday it is what it is. Both squads were obviously um, you know, trying to be smart with when they're going to use their guys and everything else, and I'm sure they're doing so much five-on-five in their practices right now during training camp that uh, the trying to repeat that in a game in preseason game number one probably not that important but don't be surprised if by Wednesday the Lakers play the Phoenix Suns and all of a sudden um, there is a little bit more meaning to it so they could start seeing okay Russ LeBron AD all right how are these three how's that mix starting to look and who are they going to start here um, once uh, those three players are back in and by the way I have no answer for that a little bit later in the show I'll kind of give my uh, my thoughts on what I think the Lakers will do with the starting lineup, and um, and I and I think that part's still going to be figured out. But I think those are going to be some of the questions that the Lakers have, and and, and certainly um, they have these next five games to at least put them in a position. But by, by the time they get to October nineteenth, and you're playing the Golden State Warriors, which is going to be your first regular season game, um, I feel like there are still a lot of I guess you can say. Uh, vets that you're trying to figure out who's going to get more of the playing time. How about these younger players between Malik Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn and Wayne Ellington and and Talon Horn Tucker. Wayne Ellington not nearly as young, but Kent Bazemore throw him in the mix. Trevor Ariza. I, I think that part's going to be fascinating. How the Lakers they got so much talent, they got so many vets, they got so many guys that can contribute on a night in night out basis. How is Coach going to kind of figure out who to use, when to use them, and how many minutes they're going to play? Um, you know, it's kind of, and I, I don't know if there's how much there is to this, and this is a question I'm going to ask for Stu Lance as well. Lakers got the Suns coming up on, on Wednesday, and I wonder, not for this game coming up, um, but during the regular season, if there's going to be a little bit more of a chip, I guess you can say, on the shoulder for the Lakers when they face a team like the uh, the Phoenix Suns. Let me kind of explain what I'm what I mean here. Phoenix obviously eliminated the Lakers last season. And um, the Suns probably feel very, very good about themselves and don't care that injuries were the difference of them, um, you know, getting to the NBA Finals or not. They got very lucky, but that's part of sports. Lakers lost Anthony Davis. Um, You know, obviously Kawhi Leonard was out for the Clippers series. Uh, Who else did they play earlier? I want to say they played Denver. Was it Denver? And and Jamal Murray was out of the mix there. Uh, I can't think of that off the top of my head. But they were very fortunate to not have to play a lot of these elite teams now for the or these elite stars that were on this on on for the Lakers. It was Anthony Davis, 
But I think for the Lake Show, I'm actually looking forward to the Lakers and the Suns this upcoming season because I do feel like Lakers have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder about playing the Phoenix Suns just because Phoenix eliminated them in the playoffs. And that's not to say that, you know, they're going to walk through. If you kind of look at, okay, the toughest teams in the Western Conference's upcoming season, uh, is it Phoenix? No, I wouldn't say it's the Phoenix Suns. I, I don't. I don't think. I think there's other teams that are. If they're not more talented in the Western Conference, they're a player away. Just got to get one player healthy or something along those lines. Um, I thought what Phoenix accomplished last season was fantastic, but obviously they were opportunistic when it come when it came to the matchups that they had. I I, I can 100% see in the Lakers, especially because AD Lakers took a 2-1 series lead, and then by the time. Anthony Davis eventually got, you know, unfortunately got injured in game four. They had no chance in the series. I kind of look at this Lakers-Suns matchup a little bit more exciting than I have in the past um, simply because of that, because this is the team that eliminated the Los Angeles Lakers, and uh, certainly that's a question I'm going to ask for Stu Lance if there's just based upon um, everything that, you know, all his experience that he's had, if those things weigh in the following season. Uh, Stu Lance uh, is coming up next. And I got a question for Stu that's also going to be in regards to the upcoming season for Anthony Davis, how important it is, plus LeBron James. You know, Stu's got a chance to see all these great players in Laker uniforms, whether it was the late, great Kobe Bryant or it was Magic Johnson or it was Shaquille O'Neal or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Pal Gasol or James Worthy, all these unbelievable players. I'm talking about these last couple of eras of championships. Um what it's been like for him to watch LeBron James on a night-in, night-out basis with the Los Angeles Lakers. So the great Stu Lance is coming up next. Uh, we got a lot more to get into. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Want to welcome in the great Stu Lance color commentator since 1987 for the Lakers. You can hear him for every single Los Angeles Laker game on Spectrum Sportsnet. Stu, thank you so much for the time. Oh, my pleasure. All right, well, Stu, let's kind of start uh, very simply here. It's been a year and a half that we've had 16-plus thousand fans at Staples Center. I know for you and, you know, Michael Thompson always talks about this. Of course, Billy Mack and John Ireland as well. Um, there's something about calling these games. Of course, the, the energy and the environment has a big part to do with it. What would it feel like for you yesterday to have a, a Staples Center crowd back again inside the arena? Well, that, that's really what it's all about. I mean, without the fans in attendance, it's – you know, it's just not the same. There's not the same for the announcers. It's not the same for the players. 
it's just completely different. So it was really, really fun to have uh, the fans back in the seats. Stu, I want to kind of get into the Lakers and the Nets. You have a preseason game yesterday, but the the reality is um, the great thing with these two teams is we'll get a chance to see them, you know, hopefully, obviously, everybody at full strength, but they play on Christmas Day, which is December 25th, and they'll also obviously play on January 25th, one month after that. Um, When you look at these two teams, what stands out most to you? It's not to say that in the past years there hasn't been fantastic matchups, but uh, it just seems like these these two teams, if they stay healthy, they're on a collision course, stars everywhere, vets everywhere. What what do you take away from these two teams when you're actually in the regular season get a chance to see each other? Well, the fact that both teams have so many many big names, so many stars on the roster – uh, that's that's the lure of it all. The fact that uh, you know you rarely get a chance to see uh, a game where that many are on the court at the same time is normally reserved for the All Star break or something. But it's going to be fun during the regular season. But you really won't really get a, a feel for things until late in the year because the Lakers, especially, uh, you know, when you add as many new players as they have to their roster, I don't care how great they are, it takes a little while for everybody to get on the same page, for you to understand how uh, certain players like to play. You could have played against them for 10, 12 years, but playing with them for the first time sometimes can be a little bit different. Stu, so just kind of playing off of that, when you say it takes time, and this is either from when you were a player or just your experience of watching the game every single, you know, night in and night out, what I know, there's no. It's nobody's going to sit here and say, "Oh, by December first, they're all going to, you know, they're all, they'll obviously all gel and the chemistry will be there." But typically, when you have like the Lakers do, eleven new players, you got obviously a superstar you're adding in a Russell Westbrook, but you got so many vets as well. Do you think this will take shorter amount of time than it might take another team because you have so many vets? How would you? When do you think the Lakers, um, from a timetable perspective, can? kind of all look aside one another and say, okay, we're playing some good basketball. Does it take 30 days, 60 days? How would you assess that? It's hard to put a date on or a time frame on anything like that. It's obviously an advantage when you've got the experience that the Lakers have. They, you know, experienced players are able to figure it out a little bit faster than younger players. So, But it's still very difficult to put any kind of a timetable on it. But, I, you know, I expect in a couple of months, uh, this team will be uh, looking the way they want to look, whether it's just getting to know one another, whether they've finally gotten their roster rotations uh, the way they want. Because, you know, this is really uh, like a game like yesterday, for example. The backcourt uh, for the Lakers, uh, there, there's a, there's a logjam there. So there's going to be uh, a lot of time uh, distributed amongst a few players. So who's going to be those few players They've got the, the talent to do it. Now they've got to you know, convince the staff that uh, they should be in that direct rotation. So that's what the first couple of months and things should be all about. Uh, Stu Lance taking some time to uh, join Lakers Talk. Obviously the color commentator since 1987 for the Lakers. You can uh, watch him every single night on Spectrum Sportsnet with Bill McDonald. Um, Stu, one of the obviously big additions for the Lakers this offseason – Russell Westbrook is now part of the team, and and we've heard multiple interviews, whether it be media day or since then. He's excited to be playing for the Lakers. He's willing to sacrifice, do whatever it takes to help this team win. Um, What do you think that Russ, just looking at this team specifically, will really be be able to help the Lakers bring that they haven't had these last couple of seasons with AD and LeBron together? 
Well, just again, just uh, another superstar. I mean, with AD and LeBron together, they've had enough when they were healthy. But again, the health is the key word there. The one thing that Russ brings uh, along from all, aside from all of the talent that he has is uh, again some renewed hunger. Uh, anytime you've got players on your team of that magnitude that have not won a championship. The hunger is infectious again. Even though LeBron and AD are hungry for another one, it's not the same type of hunger because they've had they've got one under their belt. Uh, Russell doesn't have one any under his bed, a belt. Carmelo Anthony doesn't have any under his belt. So these are the kind of uh, players that will really keep the the drive, the hunger going, uh, basically each and every night. Yeah, it's it's such a good point, Stu, and I think that's you're right. That's the thing that stands out the most. I've said this a couple of times. Russell Westbrook's been in the league. It's not like the guy. I mean, he probably thought at a young age, what was that, 2012, I want to say, where they get to the NBA Finals. It's him, KD, and James Harden. He probably thought at that stage of his career, oh, I'm going to get here all the time, and here you are nine years later, fast forward nine years later, and he's now on a team that obviously has got an incredibly realistic chance of competing for a championship. We've already heard Carmelo Anthony say, There's, let's not sugarcoat it. The only thing that's left on my resume is he wants to try to get a championship, and, and certainly that's going to be a big part of these guys' drive. Um, let, let, me, let me kind of I'll, – I'll, I want to uh, transition here to Anthony Davis, get your thoughts on this. How do you view this upcoming season for AD? Should – He's going to be 28, or he's 28 years old right now. A lot of people say, okay, usually your prime is typically between 28 and 32. We know LeBron is will be 37 in December. Is this one of those years that you feel like for Anthony Davis, he's got a very good chance to have the best season of his career? Well, I mean, I thought that a couple of seasons ago too. But at the same time, with the, like with every player, it's all about their health. I mean, if Anthony Davis can keep himself on the basketball court for the entire season, of course he's going to have a great year. But the key is going to be to help. Last year, he wasn't able to do that, especially down the stretch when he had a couple of injuries. So uh, if he stays healthy, he's going to have himself a great, great season. Stu, in your your experience, um, when you, you get eliminated by a team like the Phoenix Suns and the Lakers play Phoenix this upcoming Wednesday. Of course, this is all just part of the preseason play, but does does it when you get an opportunity to play a team that took you out of the playoffs, and we all know a big piece of that is exactly what you just referenced, Anthony Davis after Game 3 gets injured in Game 4, and you, know, you can say the series was a wrap then, that's how significant AD is. Do you do you pay more attention to the to the team that took you out? It is and if you're the Phoenix Suns, I mean, I'm kind of just looking at this down the road here. The Lakers have a little chip on their shoulder every time they play Phoenix because Phoenix Phoenix took them out. Or is that not? You don't think from a player's perspective they're paying attention to stuff like that? Well, they 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 will say that it's just another game, just another team. But there's a little bit of redemption there. Uh, there there will be remembrances of. Uh, what happened the previous season, but they won't put all of their attention on that because they know that it's just one in in a stepping stone, and you got to go through each and every player uh, team. So you can't just put all of your energy into one because then you you deflate yourself and you're not ready for the next opponent. So uh, they'll they'll keep their their wits about them, but there'll be a little something special when they meet during the regular season. Stu, just kind of looking at the Western Conference in general. Um, would you would you say Phoenix is the toughest competition for the Lakers? Would you say Utah? And I think you know one of the tough things with the Western Conference is 
Um, the Clippers, as great of a run as that they had, we know that Kawhi Leonard, um, will he get a chance to come back this year? You know, I, I think nobody's 100% sure on that. Jamal Murray, when will he come back? Clay Thompson, there's some confidence he might come back December or, or January. So I know there's big names that it, it will depend on, on the health of some of those individual players on certain teams. But would you say, just looking at the Western Conference right now, Phoenix would be the toughest challenge, or is there another team out there you think that would be a bigger threat? Well, I think the Western Conference has numerous challengers. I mean, I don't think you can say one team is a bigger challenge than another team, uh, especially as the season starts to unfold. Uh, at the beginning of the year, all the teams, are, they're in training camp talking about winning a championship. Whether they have realistic chance of it or not, all teams talk about it. So the teams that legitimately have a chance are definitely talking about it. So, And there's a number of those in the Western Conference. The Lakers have to make sure they just keep their focus on the game that they're playing that night because the Lakers always, always have a target on their back. They can be eliminated in the first round and the next, and the next season as if they, it's as if they won the championship. That's how jacked up the fans and the opponents are to face the Lakers. Stu Lance, the color commentator since 1987 for the Lakers. You can watch him every single Laker game on Spectrum Sportsnet with Bill McDonald. Uh, Stu, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I have this kind of, I guess you could say, curiosity. This when you're a team as um, not just talented as the Lakers, but also the amount of vets that they have, and and thinking of the big picture and thinking of the marathon, not the sprint. Do you approach the regular season different than? Maybe another team out there that um, home court they think is so incredibly vital. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm discrediting home court or discrediting the regular season because I'm not. But do the Lakers have the luxury of approaching the regular season different than some of these other teams in the West? I don't know if you want to call it a luxury, but I think they, in a way, can because of their their leadership, uh, their experience, their talent level. They're all about just making sure they get the job done as far as execution and then the health. Because it's not a matter of how many games you win during the regular season. It's a matter of how healthy you are and the 16 wins or so you need when the postseason arrives. So they, they know what's ahead of them. And uh, I, I think they can take the challenge and make it happen. So they're not, they're not too concerned, although they're going to go out each and every night hoping and wanting to win each and every game. But we, we know from experience that's not going to happen. Nobody's gone 82 and 0. So there's going to be games that you just don't have it in the tank, or team just outplayed you that night. But the big picture is what do you do when the real season begins in the post? Stu, final one. Um, you know, if there's anybody that has got a chance firsthand to see some of the greatest to ever play the game on a night in, night out basis, um, you know, whether it's Kobe Bryant or Magic Johnson or Kareem or Shaquille O'Neal, and just go down the list, James Worthy. Um, I just want to get your thoughts on what what LeBron James is doing at this stage of his career. Uh, I think many thought last season before he got injured that there was a good chance that if he wasn't going to be the MVP, he'd be on a very, very short list of most valuable players. And even coming into this year, um, you know, a lot of people still see him, of course, as a top three player uh, in the world. What, how can you describe LBJ just from your perspective? And you don't have to compare him to any of these other greats, but on a night-in, night-out basis, what's it been like covering him for the last few years? Yeah, I'm glad you said don't compare him because I don't ever compare players. But what LeBron has done is just absolutely remarkable. I mean, you're talking about a guy that had 19 years in this league 
and he's playing at the level that he plays each and every night. I mean, that's just that's just unheard of. I mean, uh, he should be the eighth wonder of the world because it's <laughs> just a remarkable feat to play the game of professional basketball at the level that he's played it for as long as he's played it. And it didn't just start in the last five years of his career. From day one that he came into this league, he had uh, 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 something to not to prove, but people were his expectation level was at the very, very top. So uh, my hat's off to the guy. It's just been a remarkable run, and hopefully hopefully it'll continue for a while. Stu, um, you know, I, I always tell you this off the air. Every time we run, to, run into each other, I always uh, appreciate the time. I know Laker fans love getting your thoughts, and it uh, really means a lot to have you on Lakers Talk. So thank you for doing well, I this. I appreciate it. Thanks for asking me. All right, that is uh, Stu Lance, the great Stu Lance right there. Um, always so nice with his time. Color commentator since 1987 for the Lakers on Spectrum Sportsnet. Stay right here. When we come back, let's, you know what, a couple things that Stu hit on. First of all, his take on LeBron James, um, how much time it's going to take for the gel, for the Lakers to gel. We'll do all that coming up next. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. A big thank you to Stu Lance. Man, it, it's great. I, I've told this story a couple times on Lakers Talk over the last five years that I've had the privilege of doing the show. Um, love stew. And I think for a lot of Laker fans out there, you grew up listening to obviously chicken stew. Those are your two, right? Those are the, the two a lot of us uh, grew up listening to. And I could tell countless stories of times that the, the Lakers would play in a preseason game down in San Diego. And, uh, and Stu and Chick were nice enough to say hello to some random kid in SD that just wanted to, uh, get a chance to say hello to those guys. So always appreciate Stu Lance's time. Um, how about Stu talking about, the hunger from these players who don't have a chip. I, I love I love the way he described that. I really do. I, I, I think there's something about um, a player like Carmelo Anthony saying, I really don't care what you need me to do. I just want to get it done. A player like Russell Westbrook, who's been in the league for as long as he's been in the league and has never won an NBA championship, yeah, LeBron is also hungry. Yes, of course, Anthony Davis is also hungry. Yes, there's other players that are hungry as well, but I, I think there's something specific to what he's referring there, and I like hearing him say that. I also think it was, I thought it was interesting when he talked about Anthony Davis. So what do he say about AD? Very simple about Anthony Davis. Um, it's all going to come down to health. That, yes, he should have his best season that AD should have in his career should be this upcoming season. Will he be healthy? And if he's healthy, yes, that can happen. And if he's not healthy, obviously that's a completely different question or that's a completely different story, and I think we all understand that. Um, but AD seems like, and, and you know, certainly in that first preseason game, wanting to go, wanting to kind of get his feet wet, I think there's going to be um, an incredible magnifying glass under Anthony Davis every single game, a lot of criticism, a lot of praise, but the key is going to be health. And, uh, again, a couple things that I, I took away from Stu Lance, fantastic to listen to. And I uh, appreciate uh, him joining the show. Um, okay, so I promoted this to start the show off. I talked about who's making a case for the, the starting lineup and real playing time. This is really kind of the whole point of preseason, right? Uh, preseason is, and I, especially for the Lakers, because they have so many new faces, and I like the competition. You know, I, I think a lot of times – we just think about, well, who are the Lakers going to play? Are they going to go face the Phoenix Suns on Wednesday? They got Golden State on Friday. And then the regular season starts October 19th. That's all great and dandy, but I love the competition within a roster. 
that they're fighting for playing time, that they're fighting for a spot. Not not that they're rooting against one another. Of course, at the end of the day, you want everyone pulling that rope in the same direction. But I say that because I think it's important, I think it's key that as the Lakers still have many questions of who's going to start the game, who's going to end the game, that these guys are competing, obviously, for that opportunity. Nothing should be handed to them. And, you know, I, I was, uh, Travis and I, when we do the show in the morning, we we always compliment coaches out there that say, yeah, nothing's going to, if if you think you have the starting nod um, and you haven't earned it, it makes no sense. And I, I love that kind of competition within a team. So let, let me let me go over a couple of things. I did this yesterday with Michael and John, and this was kind of the great thing in the pregame show, doing pregame yesterday, Lakers and Brooklyn, they start off the preseason. And I, I asked him, All right, who's, the, who's the starting five? Who's going to be the starting shooting guard? And I was hearing two, three different names. And I think that's going to be the conversation all the way until we get close to the end of the preseason where we won't have a clear-cut idea of who deserves to be in that number two spot. I know and you know and everybody knows Russ is going to be the one. Everybody knows AD is going to be in the starting lineup. Everybody knows LeBron's going to be in the starting lineup. Those are the only three that are locks. These are the questions after that. The question's going to be, let me start first at the center position. Is AD going to play the five? Me personally, I don't think the Lakers are going to start the season um, with you know an 82 game 82 game grind with Anthony Davis at the five. I don't believe they're going to do that. And, and I think if they were going to do that, well, why did you go out there and get DeAndre Jordan? Why did you bring Dwight Howard back? Um, obviously, you think that those players are going to be incredibly helpful and useful to you as the season progresses to start games at the five or go up against one of the other big men or have Dwight Howard come in off the bench and compliment what AD brings on a night-in, night-out basis. So if I'm predicting the starting lineups right now, what you saw yesterday with DeAndre Jordan at the five and AD at the four, I think that's what you're going to get to start games uh, when the season starts. Now, let me also kind of preface this by saying I think there's going to be a lot of games this year the reason why you hear a lot of rumors and buzz about AD playing the five, I think what they mean there is to end games, when push comes to shove, when the Lakers six minutes left to go in the fourth quarter and they're in a close game against a Western Conference team or they're in a close game against the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Attentacumpo, yes, at that moment, I think AD will start playing the five. I think there's going to be many more predicaments this season where Anthony Davis does play the five, but it's going to be when um, when push comes to shove, when everything's on the line, when you're trying to get a W towards the end of the game. That's when you'll see AD at the five. But to start the game, I think they're going to go with that traditional center, something that they did two seasons ago when it was Deion, or it was JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. I think you'll have a similar blueprint. But I'll put my money that if AD's going to play more of the five, it will be towards the end of games when it really matters and the Lakers have some type of lineup that maybe Carmelo's in there with him. Maybe LeBron is playing the four. Something along those lines is where I believe we'll see more of AD at the five. So DeAndre at the five, AD at the four, LeBron at the three, Russ at the at the one. That only leaves us with one, one other spot. And... You know, I, I look at the starting lineup for the, or I look at the guards for the Lakers, and there's a lot of articles about this. I'm, I'm actually going to get a chance um, in about uh, 45 minutes or so at 8:30. Jovan Buha from the Athletic is going to come on. He had a really good article, kind of breaking down five takeaways from the Lakers preseason game um, yesterday. One of the takeaways was the logjam at the guard position for the Lakers. Who 
in the heck is going to start for the Lakers in that guard position at number two. And let, let me throw out a couple names out there. There's Talon Horton Tucker. There's Kendrick Nunn. There's Malik Monk. There's Wayne Ellington. I, I, I could throw out four names right out the gate. Maybe Lakers want to go big and they throw Trevor Reza in the mix because he's got an incredible amount of experience, even though that's not his natural position. His natural position would be more the three. But let me just throw in another name out there. I could throw in Trevor Ariza. Um, if I have to kind of whittle through and try to figure out who I, I believe or I think is going to be the uh, starting shooting guard for the Lakers, I'm going to actually go more from a veteran perspective. I'm, I'm going to make the case that it's going to be Wayne Ellington. Now, I know I got a, Lake, a lot of Laker fans that are going to sit back because this happened in the postgame show yesterday. I had a lot of people tweeting at me as well. Malik Monk had a really nice game yesterday. I think they've already nicknamed him the microwave. Um, that he's a, a really nice player. Anthony Davis had some tremendous compliments of, I don't even know how we got this guy. We're so grateful to have him. And Monk is going to be a scorer. Monk's going to get, I, I think, a decent amount of minutes on a night-in, night-out basis. The reason why I say Wayne Ellington, Wayne Ellington's about 44% three-point shooter in the league. He's been in the NBA for a long time. He's a vet. He understands um, you know, certainly understands how to play team basketball, how to move the ball, when to pay attention. Okay, we got to get Anthony Davis. Right, those little nuances that comes with vets, and I could see Wayne Ellington starting. I, yes, Wayne Ellington starting. I, see, I could see Malik Monk coming in off the bench and getting a significant amount of minutes, and probably playing with Kendrick Nunn, and uh, probably playing with Taylor Horn Tucker as well. So, um, if I have to kind of give my hypothetical starting five, which I don't think we're going to know for a couple more games, that's how I'd break it down: DeAndre at the five, AD at the four, LeBron James at the three, Wayne Ellington and Russell Westbrook round up your top five, and that has absolutely nothing to do with how the Lakers would close out games. That's a completely different scenario, and we'll obviously uh, wait till the regular season actually starts to see how all that kind of unfolds. Um, you know, another thing I, I got on here, just part of my notes of what – Talon Horn Tucker yesterday, we got a chance obviously to see him again yesterday. What will his role for the Lakers be? I keep asking myself this question because, you know, I, I think he's going to have a significant role. The Lakers paid him to have a significant role. They obviously believe that he's got a tremendous amount of potential. Here's my one thing that I want to point out when it comes to um, Talon Horn Tucker, and this is something that Rob Palenka mentioned a week and a half ago or so. He did an interview with some of the media, and then at last week, Travis and I doing our morning show, we got a chance to talk to Talon Horn Tucker. One of the things I think Rob Palenka mentioned that just stuck out to me and this is just the expectation of what the team has for THT. And if this guy wants to get significant minutes on a night-in, night-out basis, oh, by the way, he's only 20 years old, so the guy obviously still has a lot to learn, even though he has a tremendous amount of talent. I, I think for me personally, um, he's got a lot to prove. And, and let me tell you what I mean by that. I understand THT can go get a bucket. But one of the things that I'd love to see nothing more from Taylor Horn Tucker and the organization – you know, obviously, I'm playing off of what Rob Palenka said a week and a half ago. The dude's got to be able to be an elite defender. He's got to be able to. Um, he's got an amazing wingspan. He's a big guard for his size. By the way, he can also play some bully ball and do some things down low against you that most other guards can't do. 
But on defense, the dude's got to be able to lock down players. I'm not saying he's got to turn into Meta World Peace tomorrow or one of the best defenders in the NBA, but you want to see that evolution in his game on the defensive side, that as good as he is offensively, there's going to be times, hey, TC, we don't need you to score right now. Can you go lock down or as best as you can guard one of those guards, those elite guards that are all stacked up in the Western Conference? Um, and then also his playmaking ability. Can he... Can you can you rely on THT to not just be a scorer? Can he be a scorer plus a defensive um, a defensive player for your team? Plus also can he dish out a couple assists? Can he because of his athleticism get to the basket and drop a dime to Anthony Davis or kick it out to Wayne Ellington in the corner because he's open for three? So those are two area of his areas of his game that'd be I'd put it this I'd feel a lot more comfortable that he can be so much more of an asset to the Lakers team uh, this upcoming season if he can add those elements to his game. Because if it's just going to be about scoring, Lakers got plenty of guys that can score. He's young enough, he's athletic enough, and he's so unique of a player body type-wise and size that hopefully by the time we get closer to the playoffs, we're talking about all these other things uh, THD can do rather than just uh, score the ball. Okay. Uh, first hour is in the books here. We got our top NBA stories coming up next. Again, thank you to Stu Lance. If you missed any part of the show already, ESPN app or on iTunes, uh, just search Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa. Jovan Buhav, The Athletic, coming up at uh, 8.30. So stick around for that. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN.